This is the intro. Cue intro music. It's time to hit the trail, lock in those hubs, and throw it into low range. Because you are listening to Wheel It with Keith and Johnny Orange. Broadcasting from the Thin Line Off-Road Studio, they're here to talk about 4x4s, trucks, and everything to do with enjoying the great outdoors. Buckle up. Here's your hosts, Keith and Johnny Orange. So that's what we're (laughs) going to be giving our uh, folks this week, huh, John? Yeah, yeah, I like it. (laughs) Um, Tell you what, we got so many people to uh, send us those uh, awesome donations to do a uh, commercial-free episode. Um, oh, unfortunately, cool, cool. The, the checks haven't cashed yet. So, uh, oh, got to wait another 10-day <laughs> waiting period. <laughs> so, uh, uh, listeners, we're going to try something a little bit different this uh, this week. And we might even do it next week as well. Uh, we're going to go commercial-free for an episode, and we're going to blow through it. You can give us your feedback on 4x4 Talk uh, on Facebook. Mm. But I'm going to give you a forewarning there. Uh, if we don't do commercials in our shows... Uh, the cost of doing the show becomes completely out of pocket. So we need you to sign up on patreon.com, uh, the wheel and show on there, W H E L I N apostrophe and, uh, become a subscriber there. And that's going to help us. If we could do all of our fundraising to keep the show going through Patreon, we wouldn't need commercials at all. Indeed. Indeed. And then we won't have to keep hitting up those, uh, banks, armored trucks on the side of the road anymore either. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so, uh, continuing on, this is kind of a continuation episode as well from last week, right, John? Mm. Yeah. A little bit of one, uh, sort of the opposite of what we did. Well, yeah, because we <laughs> talked about the ultimate off-road axle in Indeed. many people's minds, the Dana 60. I mean, granted, there's, there's things that are cool. I we were cool. talking the Spider Tracks 9. Well, those are pretty cool, too. Uh, <laughs> if you we could an do an extra it. 60 grand. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're that much, but we could do a 9-inch episode someday, and we should, uh, because the... Nine inch, uh, I personally have a love and hate relationship with. Mm. It. I mean, I love all of my nine inches, but the, uh, you know, it's there's still times where uh, there's issues. What's your problem over there? <laughs> okay, nine inches, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's that kind of episode, folks. Oh boy. Mm. This is episode 61. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, all right. And last episode was episode 60. We talked about the Dana 60. Now we're going to talk about the Dana 61. We're, we might I'm as well figuring s- this numbers out. Next yeah. week will be the Dana 62. I'm not sure those exist. I don't think so. No, actually, next week. three though? Next week is the FJ six, or the 60 Series Land Cruiser. Ah. Because we promised that like yes. a couple episodes back for, for our listeners. I recall. The uh, Dana 61, um, you, you, you did your research. I already know bit. what it is. I, it, it, there's a natural. really interesting, I don't want to say history, but there's <laughs> an interesting, what would it be called, um, a shift in the acceptance of that axle maybe or okay. the, ship, the shift in the public perception of that axle. Oh, the one that we're going to talk about today? Well, starting with the Dana 61. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Because the idea today is to kind of talk about some of the worst axles ever Mm. made. And, you know, kind of spoiler alert there for our listeners, this is the worst axle episode. (laughs) And um, the Dana 61, to many, has gotten that reputation 
But there's a caveat to that. John, what do you got about the Dana 61 sitting over there? Oh, See if you're right, because I know a lot about them. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, it was a variation of the Dana 60, made to uh, change up the gear ratios to allow for better fuel mileage. It's kind of the whole thing done in 73 with the whole oil crisis and all that going on back then. Oh, they go back as far as 73? Apparently. <laughs> Probably in a rear axle application only. Yeah, I don't recall if it mentioned front or rear on it. Okay, well, I can clarify that for you. Oh, I, I forgot to separate some. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. I'm thinking out loud. Sorry. Dana 61 was a, as far as I know, and if there's a listener out there that says, Keith, you're wrong, please correct me on 4x4 Talk on Facebook. But uh, the Dana 61 only came with one gear ratio. Yes. And that's 307 gears. It is one of the um, lowest numerically gear ratios that was ever available in a day there was axle. one other set available a 331 okay so 331s were yeah. also in the 61 series correct i i it memory just, says, says maybe those it, are common they're not i can no. tell you that they're not at all uh but the, the so the 307 gear was the most common yeah and it was a dodge only axle for the most part mm-hmm. and it was used Typically in the back of Dodge diesel trucks. Now, if it goes back to 73, then they must have also used it maybe in some 440 powered trucks or some 360 powered trucks. Because said it was in some Fords too. Really? Yeah. So there you go. There's pickups and vans from 74 to 87. Huh. Well, then I'm probably going to stand corrected on the Dana 61 there. Or I'm wrong. Mm. Could be either way. <laughs> well, so the one that I was thinking of uh, was the Dana 61 front axle, yeah. and I believe that was Dodge only. Yeah, Dodge 4x4, 3 quarter, and 1 ton from 87 to 93. There you go. That's yeah. the one that has the love-hate relationship with the public. Mm-hmm. And you got any idea why? Not offhand. <laughs> I mean, it says it's very similar to the Dana 60 uh, HD. But other than that, I mean, it doesn't really. Get Externally, into too many the Dana 61 in the Dodges looks like a standard passenger drop kingpin Dana 60 nice. that you would find in a Dodge or a Chevy of that era. Like we mm-hmm. talked in the la- last episode in the late 80s, early 90s, the Chevy and Dodge axle was I, physically basically identical. Hmm. Very minor differences, yeah. you know. Uh, the Dana 61 was in these diesel-powered trucks, also paired to a Dana 71 rear axle, which also had a 307 gear. But here's the deal. You take one out, you throw it in a junkyard pile somewhere. Mm-hmm. Even the most uh, cautious of axle pickers at a junkyard yeah. would look at it and think automatically that they've got a passenger drop, Dana 60 sitting there. They gotcha. would grab it, throw it in the truck. Here's the problem. You can't re-gear it. Oh. Now, there there's ways with some creative machining mm-hmm. and some spacers and other things to make other gear ratios fit. Yeah. But essentially, that axle is meant only for the 307 gears and the 331s, possibly, that you're talking about. I, I don't know about a front application, but... Yeah. So what happens is uh, back in the... Well, I got into four-wheeling heaviest, I'd say, in the late 90s myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, we've talked about it on the show before. And at that time, a number of these from wrecked, and they were only like at that time eight, nine years old trucks, yeah. uh, 
wrecked or maybe rusted out, you know, early driven a lot trucks mm-hmm. were starting to hit the market and people thought they were Dana 60s and people were buying them. They were selling mm-hmm. them on forums because we didn't have Facebook back then. Yeah. People were selling them on forums as, hey, I got a pair of Dana, Dana axles, a 60 and a 70, mm-hmm. you know, and they're selling them for, because the prices have actually stayed pretty steady over the years back then, 900 or $1,000 or whatever. Yeah. People buy them, get home, and they crack them open, 307 gears, and they go to order gears, and the gears wouldn't fit, and they'd figure out Ooh. that they had a Dana 61. Oh, that would be a bad day. <laughs> so, from that would the late, really bad it is. Day. From the late 90s up through, I would say, 08, 09, mm-hmm. those axles were pretty much hated by the off road community because I can understand here's that. this axle that has Dana 60 axle shafts, it has the big carrier, it has yeah. the. The outers that are correct for a Dana 60. Mm. It's got all the beefy stuff, but you can't re-gear it. And it's got essentially a crappy gear ratio. Yeah. Because 307 gears, as soon as you put that on like a set of 40s or 37s, your engine won't even turn it. Yeah. It's it's terrible. So here's what I was talking about, though. 0809, the public perception started to change because gas prices started to skyrocket. Oh. And guys that were building mostly vintage trucks that were using stock to only slightly taller tires, so maybe running up to about a 33, 34 mm-hmm. inch tire, started looking for the Dana 61 and huh. Dana 71 for the 307 gear ratio so they could clip down the road at 1600, 1700 RPM yeah. and not be burning a ton of fuel. Huh. Nice. So the gear ratio, or the, not the gear, the gas miser guys, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, and these axles, I've seen them go from a point where I would say 15, 12, 15 years ago, you could pick up a Dana 61 if you knew it was a Dana 61 yeah. all day long for 250 or $300 because the outers mm. were the same as a Dana 60, and pretty much you were picking it up, you were pulling the outers off, throwing them on a different axle. Yeah, just using it for parts. Using it for parts. Yeah. Now they're up to Dana 60 prices. Really? And sometimes higher because they're getting pretty hard to find. Wow. Yeah. They didn't make as many of them as they did Dana 60s. See, that makes sense. I mean, I understand the whole supply-demand thing, but I never would have figured something like that would... (laughs) Yeah. So, inherently, it's not a lemon axle. Yeah. Well, it it became not a lemon axle. Yeah. It it was... (laughs) It's a misunderstood axle. Yeah. Uh, if you know going into it that you want a 307 gear ratio instead mm-hmm. of a 410 or a 456 or a 513 or something like that, and you want that really numerically low mm-hmm. gear ratio, then go ahead and scoop it up. Scoop it can. up and run yeah. it. You know, personally, I've thought about it before. A vintage 60s or 70s uh, Dodge or Chevy, because a Ford with a passenger drop would be a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a vintage Dodge or Chevy. You know, maybe 1960s, kind of the first of the full-size trucks. Yeah. Swap something like a four-cylinder or even a 6BT Cummins in it, or even a mild gas V8. That would be sweet. With a set of 307s and a set of what they call pizza cutter tires, you know, the tall, skinny tires. Oh, I hate those things. (laughs) They look right on the certain trucks. Yeah. Like with some white painted steel wheels with like some 34-inch TSLs. Right, like yeah. the old farmer truck. Yeah, those are kind of cool. <laughs> and now you got something that gets maybe 25, 27 miles a gallon. Ooh. You know, All right, that's, granted, you're not going to win a truck intriguing. pull. No. You're, you're not going to win a truck pull, but no. for a daily driver, if you're not hauling that's heavy. That's bad, yeah. Yeah, if you're not pulling a heavy huh. trailer behind you, you're not doing something like that. Yep. It's kind of a cool truck. Yeah, that would be. So, 
One uh, day. Well, one day. Yeah, one day. <laughs> so on our list, when I emailed you over or mm-hmm. Facebook messaged you or something like that, we talked about some other axles yeah. that were... So the Dana 61, like I said, not really a lemon, but there are some lemon axles that our 4x4 listeners, our wheeling listeners, you want to avoid at all costs. You really don't want to involve with putting any money into these axles. No, no. I think uh, probably of the list of what we discussed. You want to go go best to worst or best, or how do you want to do it? (sighs) Well, this one I'm going to, there's two here I didn't look up because I just have straight up questions for you. They caught me off guard. Okay. So, you know, we'll jump into one of those. Sure. Ask me. You said a deuce and a half axle is not good. How does that factor? Okay. There's another one that lies (laughs) in the Dana 6171 category. Okay. Deuce and a half axle only came with one gear ratio. Um, okay, See, once again, I'm not overly familiar with those axles. I just know they're big, beefy. It's like six seventy two or something like that. They're really, yeah. really deep gear ratios. Um, there is also a um, a different gear ratio set that's like in the fives, but they're really rare. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the biggest problem with a deuce and a half axle, and I've had a number of them go through my business back when I had yeah. the thin line off road. Stupid heavy, I know that much. They're stupid heavy. Yeah. The drive shaft goes in above the axle really high. Mm-hmm. It's a top loader axle. So whatever you're putting in, it either has to be jacked up really high or it's got to be custom built for the drive shaft clearance. Yeah. That's a disadvantage. I suppose it makes sense. They come from the factory with big, heavy drum brakes that only fit 20-inch wheels. I thought they were disc brakes on those for no. some reason. The deuce Maybe and a half axles are all drum brakes. They're hydraulic oh. drum brakes. Um, and they're really, really heavy. If you're building just a mud bogger, maybe run them. Yeah. You're building something you want to run on the street, <laughs> uh, and you want decent pinion brakes in most states are not legal, and that's the cheapest way that. to put brakes on a deuce and a half. Maybe that's why I thought that, because that's all I've ever seen of those, really. <laughs> cheapest disc brake kit I've ever seen for a deuce and a half axle is somewhere in the $1,500 range. Buddy. So now you're buying an axle for a grand, and you're putting another $1,500 in that. Now... Here's my personal, and I know I'm going to probably get burned as an effigy on a stake somewhere for saying this, <laughs> but they're not that strong. Yeah. And here's what, here's my reasoning behind this. If you pull a deuce and a half axle shaft out, as I've done multiple times, mm-hmm. I don't know the exact number, but I think it's like 1.62 inches is the shaft size. It seems unusually small for something that big. It's only like a tenth of a... Or it, well, what it is is it's... It would be less than a quarter of an inch bigger than a Dana 60 or Dana 70 axle. Huh. The sheer strength on the... And then they're a coarse spline axle. Yeah. The sheer sheer strength on them is actually worse than a Dana 60 or Dana 70. Wow. You can go to Overson Engineering, which is an awesome, awesome company, by the Mm -hmm. way. And you can get like 47 spline two inch axle shafts for deuce and a half, oh, but you're, you're talking big money. money on that. So, the reason I put the deuce and a half axle on that list was that so many people have the belief that you can just grab a set of deuce and a half axles because yeah. they're so heavy, because they're so massive, throw them in your rig, and you're going to have these perfect axles. That's not the case. You've got brake hmm. issues, you've got drive line issues, yeah. and now you've got axle shafts that are only marginally bigger than Dana 70 axle shafts. That all makes perfect sense. I never would have thought of it in that manner. Like you said, I just hear... Deuce and a half, think big, heavy-duty, beefy, chunky steel. Personally, I think it should be two and a half times bigger than a one-ton. That would make sense. Wouldn't it? But <laughs> yeah. it doesn't. It's, it's not. So, yeah. Um, so huh. that that's my... And then the other problem with deuce and a half axles, 
uh, they are not labeled as to what kind of axle joint they have. They huh. use a Rosepa joint. Are you familiar with those? I've heard the name. I don't remember what it is. They though. used a Burfield style joint and they heard used a U joint. Okay. The Rosepa style joint was essentially two forks that are scissoring. Like a okay. couple of ladies with comfortable shoes. Okay. And uh, they, uh, <laughs> what? What is your issue? Just, just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> Anyways, and they're incredibly strong in a straight line and in a straight line only. Hmm. When you go to turn with a Rosepa joint, mm-hmm. the sheer strength is like minimal. Yeah, I was gonna say that. That seems like it would be an incredible because all weak of a style. sudden, if you think about two forks like yeah, this, yeah, you're putting torsion. And you go to turn. Well, no, you're like this. You're really strong because you got a lot yeah. of surface. As soon as you turn, you're at the ends of the forks. Yeah, you're putting sharp angles sharp. on little material. Exactly. So, huh. um, the um, the Rosepa joint is Trash. a no no. The Burfield style joint um, is not like a Toyota Burfield that is super beefy. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of a lame Burfield. It's kind of like the 70s Dodge Power Wagon ones. Yeah. They're just, they're not very well built. The U-joint ones are decent, but once again, they're not much bigger than a Dana 60 U-joint. Yeah. So it comes down to why bother when you could put in less money to make a Dana 60 better than that. A guy brought up a point that I was talking to once, and I don't remember um, exactly who it was. I know we were doing a campfire um, argument of axles at a Mm -hmm. wheeling event. And he said... To properly build a deuce and a half axle, mm-hmm. front or rear, to properly build one to be worth the effort, mm-hmm. you could have bought two, oh, I'm sorry, you said three or four fully built Dana 60s or Dana 70s. Jeez. So Yeah, I'd rather do that. <laughs> exactly. And you're lighter. Yeah. So tremendously that was basically the point that was being made but so the, the pinion brakes cool i like pinion brakes neat they look lie. neat yeah <laughs> so that's the deuce and a half axle in, a, in right. a nutshell um and if anybody's interested in how you find out which joint you have besides dismantling the entire axle you have to um usually cut sometimes you can unbolt and squeeze it back a little bit with the boot at the joint because they have a mm. big rubber boot gotcha most people that have deuce and a half axles for sale are not willing to cut the boot understandable but most people who have sold a number of deuce and a half axles know that the boots don't cost very much, and yeah. if you want to sell it, the people are going to want to know what's in there because a Rosepa joint... If de- they know what they're doing. Yeah. A Rosepa joint deuce and a half axle, you might get 600 bucks for, mm-hmm. where a U-joint deuce and a half axle, you might get twice that. Wow. So guys are like, well, I'm not giving you your $1,000, $1,200, dollars yeah. asking price unless, unless I, I know it. it's a U-joint yeah. axle. So I can understand that. I, I've had deals where it's like, look, I got to see this thing work before I'm paying that kind of money for it. It's no different than buying, say, a race engine from somebody that yeah. swears that it's got a big cam, swears <laughs> it's got forged pistons, and yep. it swears it's got a balanced crank. Unless they show you paperwork, yeah, with the serial number of assume that engine it's stock. <laughs> assume it's stock because no matter how much chrome they put on the outside of it, yeah, it doesn't change what look what happens inside. Inside, unless you yeah. take it apart, so. So you said you had another one. You yeah. want to, want to well, go down? Well, yeah, we'll knock this other one off the list. So we just did the entire episode on the Dana 60. Mm-hmm. We're talking about it here. But you had on the list the 94-02 to Dodge Dana 60. Yeah, we totally missed that in the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, the reason with the problem with that Dana 60 is, one, it's a unit-bearing axle. Okay. So they don't have rebuild unit bearings. Unit bearings and the Super Duties are pretty good, but the yeah. Dodge unit bearings actually, like, there's this weird 
dance you have to do with the um like the one the rotors are pressed on the unit bearings are only about an inch and a quarter wide on it huh so they don't like much more than about a 35 inch tire yeah that that's a pretty trash bearing very trash bearing um Side note on that, though, mm-hmm. there is a very easy junkyard upgrade using um, IFS F-250 stuff to make it the same as an old rebuildable Dana 60. Nice. You can do that on the Dodges. So nice. that's its only saving grace. Yeah. You can actually pop the dot, the Ford spindle in there, mm-hmm. redrill the holes, put the Ford hub, Ford brakes, everything nice. on there. You get a better axle. Very nice. Very nice. But they were a vacuum disconnect axle. Oh. Except for the very last year, kind of like what Jeep did with the YJ, the mm-hmm. very last year, some of them didn't have vacuum disconnect. Yeah. But the Dodges, through most of the run, they had a vacuum disconnect. They were only 30 spline inners instead of 35 spline inners. Bummer. <laughs> Low pinion. Yeah. They just they were the worst of everything a Dana 60 ever offered. Yeah. That, that sucks. Small U-joints. Yep. Yeah. Just not a good axle. Yeah, that that's disappointing. Um, junkyard value of those is about seventy five dollars. So anyone that tries to sell you one off a of marketplace or anything for four, five hundred, six hundred dollars, that is not something. a it's not a deal. I've heard, yeah. I've seen guys do it. I know a guy uh, that bought one for his XJ, and mm-hmm. he wheels it because he bought it, and he's like, "Man, I spent all this money on it. I have to use it now." He went and spent eh. four, five, six hundred dollars in this thing, thinking he was getting a deal. Yeah, and he has been slapping money into this thing for the last Jeez. eight years it's you an, know an xj is hurting that though they weigh like he's nothing. like an xj on like 39 inch irox oh all right that's different <laughs> that's you're more <laughs> i think even ls swapped XJ. it recently yeah that's a lot more than you're running the mill xj <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so yeah just just avoid those dodge yeah. axles um yeah. any dodge axle with a unit bearing mm-hmm. including the old dana 44s from back in the 70s they ran for a couple of years just avoid if yeah. you're buying a dodge solid axle for anything even the AAM axles they make now, which are really strong, use a bunch of special tools to yeah. work on them, and it really sucks. So pretty much only buy rebuildable bearing Dodge front axles, period. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I always like serviceability of any of that exactly. stuff anyways. Exactly. Contrary to I'm still running stock axles on mine, but that's a budget thing. So Yeah. Well, I think we can do a short note on this one, the, the ZJ Dana 44. Well, you know the problems of that one. It's aluminum. <laughs> well, not only is it aluminum, it's aluminum with which aluminum is not inherently bad, but it's aluminum with steel tubes pressed into it. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a C clip type axle. Doesn't use a lot yeah. of the standard Dana forty four components. Yep. Uh, the interesting thing, it's internally similar to the one in the Viper, though. Yeah. And the the there's one. I'll, I'll give it one uh, play devil's advocate here there's one great thing about that zj dana 44 for any jeep person out there you can scrap it and get like 20 bucks no oh you can steal its disc brakes put them on 35s or other dana 44s true enough true <laughs> enough yeah um big, that's about all they're good for beyond like john said them being weak they are notoriously famous for bending yes. or cracking at the housing. Yes. Um, they are notoriously famous for twisting the tubes at the housing. That too. Yep. And um, they are notoriously famous for uh, leaking, which usually is because of the cracked housings yeah, and things like tweaked. that. So um, just they weren't strong enough. Now, you could put a truss on a Dana 44 aluminum. And At that it would point, re- you're going to put that kind of money into it. You might as well but get the, a good yeah, one. Like you said, there's still nothing available yeah. for it. You might yeah. be able to get a lock right for it, but that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to put like an ARB in it. You're not no. going to. Yeah. It's Your just options, a, you're better off spending the money and the time on a good one. Yep. 
and go from there. Pretty much. So if you got a ZJ and you want to swap something in that is going to be really close to a stock axle, swap a Ford 8.8 out of an Explorer in it. Yeah, they make it, those kits. They're like, what, 250 bucks? So the bracket kit? Real cheap. Yeah, yeah, it might even be less than that. And the axle's only, I think, an inch and a five quarter. Eights. Five eighths narrower? It was either, it might be five eighths on each side. Yeah. So I think it's five eighths on each side. Yeah, so it's like a little over an inch yeah. narrower. You you probably won't have to admit, put wheel spacers on it. You might. Nah. Depends but, on your wheels. But your bolt patterns and, are the same yeah. and everything. The nice thing there, like you said, you can pull those out. I think the one I have, I got two hundred bucks, four ten gears, limited slip, big splines, and disc brakes. There you go, man. And they make a, a super. It's it is a C clip. But they make a C-clip eliminator and like Super 88 kit with the chromoly shafts. It's only a couple hundred bucks. Gets rid of that and it spaces it right back out to a stock spacing. You're talking about the 88, not the yes, aluminum correct. 44. Yeah, the 88. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the trash the Ford 4. Yep. Go with that. They're they're stout axles. They're phenomenal axles. Require special fluid, which kind of trash sucks, the the Dana 44. You yes. said Ford 4. I meant, I meant the 44. Yeah, <laughs> trash the Dana 44. The, the put people a, knew what I meant. Put a Ford 8.8 <laughs> yes, in it. Yes, 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 exactly. Gotcha. No, they're, they're great axles. They're um, awesome. You had anything else on that list? and we'll. I got one big one here, and we touched on it a little bit. The Dana 30, the early Dana 30. Early Dana 30. Um, now, we're not talking the CJ Dana 30. We are talking the XJ and the YJ, YJ Dana yeah. 30, 1984 to 1994. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm because sorry. 1995 it was, was non-vacuum. 95 was a split year. Yeah, well, half the year they had non-vacuum disconnect. Yes. So yeah. call it early Actually, 95. Actually, the vacuum disconnect stopped in 92. In the YJ? Uh, no, in the XJ. I believe it was, yeah. And so the XJ ones... The vacuum disconnect, Dana 30. Um, Those were problematic. Yeah. That's, that's what Project XJ originally had. And, yeah, it needed gaskets on the little housing. Every winter it would get water, and then it would freeze up, and then you couldn't get in 4x4. Four four. So listeners out there, I know we have – most of you know what we're talking about, but if we got a listener out there that is kind of a newbie to the industry and you're not sure what we're talking about this vacuum disconnect thing, if you look at a solid axle, which is an axle that goes – in one point from the front wheel or to, from one wheel to the other uh, in a straight line, solid axle. Google it if you don't know what a solid axle is, you'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. But um, a number of manufacturers, mainly Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, mm -hmm. has, as a fuel mileage thing, um, put a vacuum disconnect in the longest side of the axle to disconnect the axle shaft. Physically disconnect Physically it, yeah. disconnect it with a vacuum module. Mm -hmm. And this supposedly returned like 0.2 miles a gallon better or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. The problem is, is with rust, salt, age, things like that, that vacuum stops working. Plus, it's a weak point when you're yeah, off-roading. Yeah, more failure point potential. You're not, instead of having... Two front axle shafts, you have three. Yeah, and then if, if, assuming you keep the stock set up, if you snag a line, rip the fitting off, or crack the hose, then you lose it. Easiest way to tell this on any axles, if you look at the differential, the big chunk, the pumpkin they call it, if you look at that, then the longest side of the axle tube, if it goes in a straight line to the point where your brakes and everything are mounted, then that's a non-vacuum disconnect axle. Yep. If there's a in the middle of it a big kind of cast iron chunk of stuff with a line going to it, you got a vacuum disconnect yeah. axle. Yeah, and they, they do make kits to eliminate that. They do. There's some it's a cover plate and a solid axle shaft, 
Or I think Oxlocker makes a kit that actually gives you a cable shifter yep. instead of the vacuum. So there are options if you're stuck with it. You know, if you got a budget, you can't get something better. You have options. Personally, nice. I guess our point, and John, I don't know if you agree with me or not. Mm -hmm. Personally, my point is if you've got a vacuum disconnect axle. Swap it. Well, <laughs> before that. Run it as it is, but don't put any money into yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's probably don't a better go way putting to say gears it, yeah. and lockers and all this no. stuff into a vacuum disconnect axle. No. Save that money to buy a junkyard non vacuum disconnect. Yeah, because that's a nice thing. All the vehicles that ever used a vacuum disconnect axle, at least mm -hmm. in the U.S., they also had a version in the same vehicles that was non vacuum disconnect. Yeah. Point case again, Project XJ. I actually swapped in uh, out of a '98 XJ. A high pinion, no vacuum disconnect axle, and it bolts right in. I get the newer brakes, Direct bigger U joints, bigger ball joints, all that good stuff. Same thing. Even the Dodge guys, if you have a disconnect Dana 60 Dodge uh, in a 25 or 3500 94 to 02, mm -hmm. um, if you get one of those like last end of 02, early 03 axles uh, that didn't have the vacuum disconnect, those are really, really rare, but yeah. you can find them. Those will swap in, but you can also go to the AAM axle, which I'm not a huge fan of, but it is much. A, it is a big upgrade. I over, don't know a lot about them. They're no. 34 spline. They use special tools, special brakes. They're I've but they're lost very strong. Already. They're, they're very tools. strong axle. Yeah. But if you if you get an AAM <clears throat> axle, it will bolt into a 94 to 02 Dodge. Physically bolts nice. in. The only thing that doesn't work is the. Um, uh, not the sway bar, uh, the locating bar. What is that one called? The track bar? The track bar. Yeah. The track bar will not fit. You can cut and weld yours or one from a Jeep JK bolts in directly. Ha! So nice. If you're doing, nice. If you're doing a 94 to 02 and you're putting an AAM axle in, all you need to do is get a Jeep JK Wrangler uh, track bar, nice. bolt it in, boom, now it bolts in. You don't have to mess with anything. I and like that. You've upgraded. You haven't gone to like the good Dana 60s or anything mm -hmm. like that. But you've like you doubled closer. your strength of what yeah. you had. Nice. So nice. But uh, you know, I know we had a couple. I know we're trying to get to the end of this one. We had a couple honorable mentions. I mentioned Suzuki Samurais. Mm -hmm. All in all, they're actually a pretty stout little axle. Yeah. Um, but don't make the mistake of buying Samurai axles to swap into some other lightweight rig. Guys have bought them in the past to swap into old Willys or something like yeah. that because they have disc brakes <laughs> in the front and this and that. Yeah. They're fine in a Samurai. You can make them plenty strong in a Samurai. Mm -hmm. You put them in anything that weighs over 2,000 pounds, you're going to snap axle shafts like pretzels. <laughs> at a, nice. at a, Ooh, uh, pretzel sounds good. Yeah, I'll say pretzels at a Super Bowl party. <laughs> nice. They're just, they, they're not meant, they're meant for like 31s, 33s, if you will, kind of lightly. Yeah. Um, after that, they're they're not that great. And then I mentioned rover axles. The only mm. problem that is really with rover axles in the U.S. is, once again, special tools. Yeah. And um, kind of like a Land Cruiser axle, mm -hmm. uh, they, they're bathed in grease and stuff like that, but they use really tiny axle shafts compared to a Land Cruiser. Land Cruiser yeah. uses like a, you know, two-ton truck-size axle shafts. Oh, the Land Rover... talking about Yeah, that the before, Land yeah. Rovers use these yeah, piddly little things. So, <laughs> same thing. Don't play with Land Rover axles unless you're in a Land Rover and then you want to buy and upgraded stuff for yeah. them. Yeah. Well, that's about yeah, man. it, man. Um, did you have anything else on axles? You got any other ones out there you don't want to talk about or anything? Not that I could think of off the top about? of my head. I I thought I had one earlier, and I forgot to write it down. Well, we Can't mentioned the Dana was, 50 so. in the last episode. Briefly, that, we did, yeah, yeah. Stay away from those, the yeah. Ford Dana 50. I'm not going to get in the whole thing. If you want to hear about those, listen to episode 60. Yeah. Uh, they were kind of a same same as a 61. They were a mm -hmm. 60 in, in sheep's clothing, basically. Yeah. Or wolf's clothing. Uh, whatever. Uh. But um, <laughs> So there you go, man. Yeah. Um, 
kind of a shorter episode, but if uh, folks, uh, you know, if you're looking for those axles not to buy, this is pretty much them. Um, yeah. Tell you what, I'm going to let you do your sign off before you do that. Okay. Um, I want to say one more time, go to Facebook and join 4x4 Talk. Mm-hmm. If there's another axle out there in some vehicle that we didn't really talk about, we're not talking about IFS. Don't swap IFS into anything. Oh, God, no. Uh, um, no. If you do unfriend us remove yeah. yourself from four by four talk and go about your merry way delete facebook <laughs> from your phone um throw your phone in the ocean yes yes yes, yes. yeah yeah, I, yeah. I, anyways <laughs> um just uh with the with the uh if there's an axle out there that you say man you guys forgot about this one it's a piece of crap tell us about it <laughs> yeah on that note john what else did you tell them about well i mean you pretty much hit the nose as far as four by four talk but if you guys don't know how to get there Go just go on Facebook, type 4x4 talk. Couple quick questions get you on the page and ask away. You know, that's where we post some of our, our project updates and stuff like that. Uh, if you are wanting to get some X, ac- <clears throat> excuse me, some X access, <laughs> you're selling X now. No, different phone number, different oh. phone number. If you would like access to some of our bonus content, bonus show, be sure to check us out patreon.com/slash whalen radio. Well, it's $2 a month, gets you access to the end of the trail, which is the after show that immediately follows this. A lot of cool, fun stuff there. We have a lot of fun with that. Of course, huge thank you to Mr. Andrew, our producer. Thank you for all that you do, sir. Without you, none of this would be possible. Um, And then I I think that's about it. I don't know where we're still going to be doing the YouTube thing. We never actually discussed that. We'll discuss it more. Um, <laughs> we do have a few followers on YouTube. but yeah. In the yeah. meantime, if you are checking us out on YouTube or listening at least, make sure to hit like and subscribe so that you see future content from us. Uh, with that being said, thanks for listening and have a good one, everybody.